Special episode of Outdrank the Coverage, the live draft show, is brought to you by the Frisco Bar and Grill. They're located at 6750 Gaylord Parkway, Suite 120 in Frisco. You can find them online at thefriscobar.com. I'm telling you folks, if you're a sports fan, a karaoke fan, or a fan of live music and trivia, this is the place you want to be. They not only have great food, great drinks, they have great prices, and they have a great atmosphere. I'm telling you, this is where old friends meet and new friends are found. I promise you, you will love the Frisco Bar and Grill. Intern Noe and I will be talking about it during the draft show, but we love their appetite. We love their wings. I love their sliders. My girlfriend loves the karaoke. Hey, if you're a fan of Oklahoma Sooners or San Francisco 49ers, the Frisco Bar and Grill is the official watch party place for both of those. And intern Noe and I was there for a Monday night game last year when San Francisco was playing, and the atmosphere is absolutely amazing. You cannot beat it. So check out the Frisco Bar and Grill, located at 6750 Gaylord Parkway, Suite 120 in Frisco, where old friends meet and new friends are found. It's spring, and that means it's time to get outside and check out the wonderful weather. But the bad news is that means all the insects, termites, bed bugs, and rodents, they're all coming out as well, and they're trying to get into your home. Well, Grandeur Pest Solutions can be the one that helps you. They're here to service all of your pest needs, whether it's insects, rodents, scorpions, spiders. They take care of it all. You can find them online at GrandeurForSure.com. You can give them a call at 469-602-8441. You can email them, GrandeurForSure.com at gmail.com. You can find them on Facebook. Just type in Grandeur Pet Solutions. They service almost all of DFW area. Most services that they do, when you reach out to them, they will take care of it within 24 hours. You don't have to worry about you know scheduling it now and it be two months before they get there. Again, you can find them on Facebook, on Instagram. Just type in Grandeur Pet Solutions. They are your one-stop shop if you have... Re- Time to get some drinks and talk a little football. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett, Intern Noe. It's out drink the coverage right here on the L4 Media Company, also S2S Sports. As I welcome in our resident, I don't know, what are you? You know, you're supposed to have some kind of expertise about you. Uh, I don't know what it is. But before we get into all that, Intern Noe, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing well, Terry. How are you, man? Oh, doing great, doing great. So what are you uh, vibing in tonight? Tonight I wanted to be mellow, wanted to be a little classy. So tonight I'm doing some Bordeaux, a uh, it's red wine uh, called Maine Meserol. Uh-huh. It's kind of kind of bold, has a little black cherry flavor to it. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's a nice little sipper, Get a glass or two for the night. I so you want it to be classy? I went racetrack styrofoam <laughs> with vodka and a little bit of your uh, water, vodka water and a little bit of one of your uh, drink things you left over here, drink enhancers. Oh, the water enhancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, Mio's. Yes, Mio's. Yeah. So I've got the, uh, I've got one of those in. I'm just really kind of slow sipping. Like I said, the last time we record these during the week, uh, one of the big secrets, especially during football season, I don't really get to drink much because I'm usually doing so many other shows around this. And so, uh, I, I realize now I basically only drink when I'm hanging out with you, uh, when I'm in New Orleans, or if I'm in a body of water. I, I'm fine all the rest of the time. But all right, so we, we come together. By the way, I want to thank everybody. Uh, if you've been on the YouTube channel, our 1977 look back at the Dallas Cowboys has 
been absolutely amazing numbers wise and on Facebook. So we do appreciate that. But what we're going to do today is we're talking today football. As the schedules came out last Thursday, we would have done a show last at the end of last week. We were getting everything ready because we recorded three shows this past Saturday. Uh, But that's fine. You know, we can do it now. Um, So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of go through the schedules. We're going to start, though, with the national schedules, the Sunday night, the Thursday night and the Monday night. Uh, and then we'll break down the NFC East and what our thoughts on that. But let's go ahead and start first, Mr. Intern Noe, with the Sunday night football schedule. And Sunday night, once NBC took Sunday night and ABC made the foolish decision, uh, or at the time Disney made the full. Well, I guess it was ABC at the time that owned ESPN, uh, made the fullest decision to put Monday night onto cable, uh, the NFL told them, hey, if you do that, we're going to, you're going to get crappy games. And that's what the Monday night for the last 10 years has gotten 15 years. Sunday night has gotten the games of the week and another year. And, and I think another amazing schedule from week one, all the way to week 17. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, Sunday night, everybody's home. Everybody's ready to watch the football. Typically it's going to be your highest rated game of the day. Uh, and it doesn't really stop. I mean, if you look at it, it's the the season starts off on September seventh. Yep. The upstart Lions, who everybody is rooting for to do well and make the playoffs and possibly win the division. Yeah, they're they're gonna go to travel to Kansas City to play the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And I I'll, I'll tell you, I like this. I, I kind of wish they do this going forward instead of it being something as cliche as, you know, the Chiefs. And I don't, I don't even know the whole Chiefs schedule. I'm just saying like the Chiefs and the Bills or the Chiefs and the Eagles again or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they go with a Super Bowl winning team taking on an upstart team. I think that's that that's great all around because, A, you get a chance to introduce the nation to a, a fun team or we think is going to be a fun team in the Detroit Lions. Uh, and also, honestly, I, I think if you're going to have the best chance for the Lions to beat Kansas City at any point in this year, it would either be the last week of the season when maybe Kansas City's not playing for anything or the first week when, when these games tend to be the Super Bowl winning team not all the time, and somebody's going to pull out a stat. Well, actually, but I'm just going off the top of my head. Usually the, the Thursday night Super Bowl winning team tends to lose that first game. Well, if you, you can look as early as last year when we found out the, the Rams were not fully what they were in 2021. Yeah. The Bills beat them by about three touchdowns in L.A. Uh, but, you know, this this might not go that same way. Looking at the Lions, they were the team that finished 9-8. and eight. There's a lot Kept of expectations. Green Bay out of the playoffs. Kept Green Bay out of the playoffs. They gave Aaron Rodgers his last loss as a Packer, his final game as a Packer. Detroit, they got Jamar Gibbs in the draft. They return a lot. They're going to not have Jamison Williams to yeah. the sixth game of the season because of uh, betting. They weren't betting on football, but he was betting within the Lions facility, which – I get the rule. Um, I have no problem with the rule. That's just stupidity on the player's part. Yeah, agreed. And he's, I mean, some other other players got released, but, I mean, this is Jamison Williams. They yeah, have high hopes for, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, with Jamar Gibbs, with Jack Campbell on defense at linebacker, you expect the Lions. And then with Rodgers leaving Green Bay, uh, Minnesota getting a year older, we're not really sure – they're going to be better on defense. That was their main issue last season. Yeah, it really was Kirk Cousins. It was really that porous defense. They made 
Daniel Jones a rich man this season. Yeah, good point. Uh, uh, a lot of people have high expectations for the Lions, and they finished strong last season. So they, a lot of people think that Detroit can go into Kansas City opening week, like you were saying. If you're going to beat someone like Kansas City, the beginning of the season is the best time to do it. Yeah, uh, and also I think with with you know with it being this game, um, you get a chance even if the Lions don't stay in it, you get a chance for a forty-two to thirty type game at worst. Now, of course, you know you never know with the first week. Offenses tend to be a little bit behind of defenses to begin the year. Um, I, I'm one of those that I think there's a lot of fool's gold in the Lions this year, but still, I think they're going to be fun to watch at least. They have an offense that, you know, barring injuries uh, or barring some really bad, you know, uh, step backs in, in people's development, they're going to at least be fun to watch on that end. Oh, yeah. They added David Montgomery as well. I mean, they, they're pretty stacked. They got Hendon Hooker in the draft, so they have depth at quarterback. They have depth at running back. Receiver. They have a white linebacker from Iowa. What could go Jack, wrong? Jack yeah, I know. Then uh, <laughs> they got Sam Laporta. One of the hey, I like Sam Laporta. And nothing against Jack Campbell. He's just he would be great in the two thousands. All right, so we had some technical issues. We're back. Uh, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Week One matchup. Uh, I think this is the seventh time in nine years, or some crazy thing like that, that these two have been on Sunday night. Uh, one of my most uh, one of my most joyous, and I have no real reason why, other than it was just kind of cool. One of my memories of watching football with you as a Giants uh, Cowboys Sunday night to begin the season, as you and I sat in a pool at a friend's house. Oh, yeah. uh, we were mighty toasty that night, and we were getting annoyed at everybody because they would not shut up at a very about thirty people party. But we're like, damn it, the Cowboys and the Giants are playing, so shut up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good, that was a great night. Uh, I don't remember too much from it, but Cowboys won. That's all I remember. That's that is all I remember. I remember being happy at the end. Exactly, but I kind of tired of this matchup in Week One. I get it. You, you want you know you're, you're always going to put Dallas for the foreseeable future. You're always going to put Dallas probably in that Week One Sunday night, or hopefully fingers crossed that Thursday night opening. Um, and, and I get you're wanting to go with the Giants, especially this year because I, I think. I think with teams like the Giants and the Lions, and I was going to say this before everything happened, we were talking the Lions, there's another reason you want to get them in early in case they don't develop and continue. You get them when they're early, when everybody's still excited, and, and you're not having them uh, week nine when when you know they're four and five or three and six and everything's gone to part. So in that aspect, I think it's smart. I'm just tired of this being the first game, and I've told you my thing. I wish they would eliminate division games in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, you kind of want it to be more college-based where there's yes. out of out of divisional games or maybe even out of conference games, maybe play your first three games against your AFC counterpart. And then you start conference play, then you start division play. You want the season to end with division play? Yeah, I have no problem with that um, because that at least saves the chance of being five games that don't mean nothing. Um, and, and I get the idea. Some people say, yeah, but if you get, you know, if you wait to play division until week 11, you have injuries. And that is true. I mean, you, you can't help that. But I just think it'd be fun to you get all your AFC games out of the way. And then that way, if you have teams that play in the Super Bowl, if they played in the regular season, they didn't play. I mean, you know, it's it's been all the way September since they played. Uh, it was funny. 
we were talking about the 77 Cowboys. Well, them and the Broncos played the last week of the season. And that's a thing that actually has happened a few times. The Giants and the Patriots, the year the Patriots uh, was trying to go unbeaten. They played at the end of the oh, season. Oh, seven season. Yeah, and there's been a few others just looking at the research, and I meant to write it down, but there's been a few others where that just weirdly happened. Uh, but anyway, it's the Cowboys. It's the it's the Giants. It'll be a big uh, – It'll be a big draw. It always is. It was one of the most watched games last year. And I'm not going to go through every game, but uh, from that point on, what stands out to you for the rest of the Sunday night schedule? Uh, well, just looking at it, man, I I like uh, – I mean, just – I wonder if, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the 49er and Cowboys. That that just seems like a, a big matchup. I'm yeah, not sure five. if it's gonna live up. Yeah, I'm not sure it's gonna live up to expectations in week five, but I'm kind of looking forward to watching it. I like the old 70s classic rivalry game in week three with the oh, Steelers and Raiders. I, I I like to see what happens with the Bears. I mean, I'm glad they're actually getting primetime coverage. Uh, they got a couple of Thursday night games, but for this one, they have a week eight Sunday night game at the LA Chargers. And I'm kind of excited to see what their draft picks, another year with Justin Fields, what they do. I'm, I'm really, I just, I really think they'll they'll improve upon what they did last year. You'll see Justin Fields start to develop that downfield, uh, long term quarterback, yes, QB one, multiple time Pro Bowler uh, mode. He's going to start entering, and it, he, had, he had a great year last year. It's just. It was more of a runner, but I, I think he has the capability of being a good passing quarterback. If nothing, uh, he's going to be a fun fantasy quarterback. Um, for sure. For, you talk about we talk about the Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Niners, the Cowboys, Eagles. The Cowboys are on three times. Um, the Eagles are also playing the Dolphins, which leads me to one of the things I like what they did this year is, is you talked about you have your traditional interdivision rivalries. You have your interconference rivalries, but then you have the weird games you don't see, but once every four years, Eagles versus Dolphins, Vikings versus uh, Broncos, um, you know, uh, Chicago versus Chargers, which at one time that could have been the Khalil Mack game, but we don't know if Mack's going to still be playing. Uh, but I, I like those games as much as you get the regular, you know, Bengals, Steelers, Cowboys, Eagles, Packers, Vikings, you get these these uh, AFC versus NFC games that are not your normal, like Cowboys Steelers, you think of uh, Pittsburgh Eagles, but like I said, Chicago and the chargers. Like I, don't, I can't think of any big moment that happened with the, you know, with, with the bears and the chargers. And so I always kind of, and for you and I, the uniform guys, it's always fun to see those things because I've heard that there might be a bunch of these teams that are wearing their alternate looks might be doing it on the Sunday night, which I think is brilliant if they would do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially think about week 13, Kansas city at green Bay. I'd love for Kansas city to wear their, their, uh, yellow pants. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll do it on the road, but but what about like week seven? The you've got the Dolphins in their old school all white versus the Forest uh, Green or the Kelly Green as they're yeah. called, Eagles, which I still think that's the color they should go back to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think overall though uh, the, the Sunday night schedule is just tight. It, it's it's great. Like you and I, we, we watch it anyway because we love football. We have fantasy. But as long as all these teams are progressing, like I think they will. 
Um, even some of the games that the records might not be good, you're still going to have some interesting matchups, like we said, like Chicago and San Diego or L.A., uh, because of let's see where Justin Fields is week eight into the season. All right, so that's the Sunday night. Now let's go over to the Thursday night schedule. And I'll tell you what, for it to be Thursday night, it's not perfect. It never will be because you don't want great teams playing five days later, four days later. Right. But, I mean, I like that first one, which is technically week two because they don't play a Thursday night game because Sunday, you know, Sunday night takes that one. But, hey, again, Vikings, Eagles early. It, it, you know, if if the NFC is going to be like we think it is this year, and I think it's going to be a lot like last year, the Vikings, whether we think it's funny or not, them and the Cowboys are still going to be sitting right there uh, fighting for division and that fifth seed for that la- that first Wildcat spot, a wildcard spot. And I think the, the, the Vikings, it, it, with a team, depending on what they do with Dalvin Cook, of course, uh, but getting Jordan Addison added to that, I mean, that's a great replacement for Adam Thielen because now you've got a 1A and a 1B. I'm telling you what, Jordan Addison – don't be surprised if Justin Jefferson's numbers go down a little bit, not because of what he's doing wrong, but that Jordan yeah. Addison is going to take a lot of that away, kind of like Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys. And, and I think that they can attack a what will be a, a kind of a brand-new Eagle team in a lot of key positions on defense. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings, along with TJ Hawkinson, they're going to be formidable on offense, and I guess Dalvin Cook will be back. So they have most of their offense intact. The have they announced that or something? Because I keep reading more and more that he's more and more on the trade block right now. I don't think they'll be able to find a good suitor for a 28-year-old running back. But I mean, unless they're just trying to get something out of it. Yeah, true, like a fifth-round pick or something. Yeah, or, you know, or Dallas will give out three firsts for him and sign <laughs> a 10-year deal. Instead of paying Zeke $5 million to come yeah, back. Paying Zeke five million. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind Dalvin Cook because I still think Dalvin Cook – I think Dalvin Cook in a system that he can just kind of be a solid running back is yeah. great. If you're going to say, okay, you've got to have 28 carries for us a game, I don't think that's what you're going to get from him because he's he's more of a home run back than what people give him credit for. And he, the reason why I think he gets hurt a lot is I don't like the I think Vikings try to use him like a like an Adrian Peterson type power back at time. But still, point is I think the thing good. And then you get Giants in San Francisco that week three. Yeah. That's a good matchup. You're going to learn a lot about Daniel Jones in the first two weeks of the season because he's going up against two of the three best defenses in the NFC last year, and both San Francisco and Dallas have gotten better, at least on paper. And again, we got to get through training camp and hope everybody stays healthy. Uh, but, you know, San Francisco, oh, hey, we're good at defense. Let's sign the Philadelphia Eagles defensive lineman away, and we're going to keep him now. I mean, they just made a run defense that was A-plus and A-plus plus, and – so whether whatever you think about Daniel Jones and the Giants, don't be surprised if they're 0-2, but not because of necessarily that he plays bad. I just think they're going up against two great defenses. Before I talk about the Giants, I want to say one more thing about the Vikings. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the biggest addition for them, and I said this before on another show, was is Brian Flores, their defensive coordinator. Yes. I, I think that's what's really going to make them a better team. I, I still think they're not going to win – 12, 13 games, but I think they'll still get to double-digit wins. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good point. A defense that supposedly thought they were rebuilding three years ago, drafted all defense, basically, and they, I hate to say it, but hardly know them have hit. And yeah. now, though, is it going to be, is it because of personnel or is it because of personality? And yeah. I think we're going to find that out with Brian Flores because whether you, whatever you think about him, he's that type that he brings a swagger to his side of the ball. Correct. 
so anyway, what I wanted to say about the Giants was last year they started off strong, mainly because of the extra home games. And on paper, it looked like it was a tough schedule, but we realized Tennessee wasn't as good as they were in 2021. And the same could be said about the Packers as well. So this, I mean, if you look at that schedule, they they host the Cowboys, but, you know, Arizona's a winnable game because Kyle Murray might not be back for a while. Yeah. But, but you look at it there at San Francisco, uh, they host Seattle, Miami, Buffalo. They have a really strong beginning to their schedule and they play seven out of 11 games to start the season on the road so it's gonna be pretty tough this this san francisco game it'll be good for the giants i mean i I, I think they'll play well i think they'll be competitive they they are better as a team overall but i mean i I just think in the a A, when the nfc there's three teams and it's san francisco philadelphia dallas and like you said it's not in that exact order. We're not sure how that order is going to turn out at the end of the season, but yeah. those are the top three teams right now in the NFC. That's the Giants when I put up. We'll, we'll put it back up here in a second. Going back to the Thursday night, um, I, I think for the most part, though, Amazon's got to be happy that they get a couple of really good division games, Broncos, Chiefs, who knows where that be. I tend to think that we're going to see a completely different Bronco team this year, yeah. like the team that we thought we would see last year. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think at week six, you could be looking at two five and one teams easily. Um, oh, I, I, honestly, if you, if you look at Kansas City's schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if they start eight and no. Yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of feels like it, it kind of feels like we're, you know, it was funny because. After they lost to the the Bucks in the Super Bowl, everybody was trying to do the whole. Well, maybe they've already, maybe their runs already extinguished, and it's like I kind of feel like we're at the very beginning. Um, I I think we're going to see a lot of Kansas City Chiefs going eight and zero, seven and one, six and two over the next few years. Uh, but then you all, they also got uh, Bengals and Ravens. That's always a great one. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins and Jets on that Black Friday football, which I think is brilliant. That's one of those things that you go, why hasn't there been a Black Friday? And I know college football, but guess what? You can watch both. I mean, there, there, there's this idea that, oh, it's played at the same day that college. I can't. That's exactly what they're they're betting on. I was like, okay, guys aren't going to go Black Friday shopping. So they can now, you know, because I know at least in my, my growing up when you had Thanksgiving, you had people from out of town that usually stayed in town, ta- you know, in town for the weekend. Uh, and so that's what the guys would do anyway. You'd watch college football on, on Friday. Well, now you can add in a, a Black Friday football game. Uh, and supposedly the Jets and the Bengals are asking to be the, let you know, like what the Cowboys and Lions are. So something tells me we might see doubleheader uh, Black Friday football going forward. Um, uh, you got the Seahawks and the Cowboys. That always is a good underrated rivalry over the last few years. 2014, Dallas beat them. That kind of announced Dallas that year. Uh, the playoff game where Dak had a, a decent game, but he had the big third and 12 run that broke the game open. And still Dallas almost found a way to kind of collapse at the end. Nobody remembers the last five minutes of that game. I know you do where it looked like Dallas was about to walk away and in a big play. But anyway, uh, and then the very next year, people forget Seattle knocked Dallas out of a chance for the playoffs uh, after the Zeke suspension. If Dallas were to beat Seattle at home, they would have had, you know, if they'd have won out, they make the playoffs. Uh, They lost in a very close one, like 23 to 16 or something. Uh, So that's an underrated rivalry. Uh, Chargers, Raiders, another divisional game. Uh, Old school Titans versus Steelers. I I think Thursday night's got a really good lineup that the NFL Network maybe didn't get all the time. 
Well, what Thursday night and what we'll talk about later, Monday night did well is get the right announcers. Getting Al Michaels was a huge get for Thursday night football. So Amazon and Kirk can- Herb Street. I'll give Kirk Herb Street credit. I was not I I liked him at college, but I thought that's probably where he should stay. But I will admit I, I thought he was pretty uh, pretty solid last year. I, I think also what helps is somebody's actually paying. The NFL Network didn't pay for their own games, so that's why the NFL was literally like, "We'll just throw, we'll just throw something up. We'll get views," which they did. Uh, but once somebody said, "Hey, we're paying a you know billions of dollars," the NFL was like, "Okay, we maybe need to start giving them some decent games." Uh, but yeah, I, I think for the most part, this is a solid schedule. I will at least be checking in, not just for fantasy. Uh, Thursday night tends to be, except for when the Cowboys play, or if there's a re- like, if one of the matchups are really big, it tends to be the one I just kind of put on my laptop while I'm watching other stuff. But I, I, I definitely can see myself checking in more this year than I have on Thursday night football. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I think the NFL is really pushing to have better quality games throughout the season, especially these first three weeks, just to get fans in and to keep watching. There's a lot of times where by week eight or nine fans, or really just by week four, to be honest with you, where fans just stop tooting into watching a Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, they'll still watch a Sunday night game because they're home with the family, so there's really nothing else to do. Just, and that's still a big matchup, usually. And, yeah, so if you, if you look at this whole schedule, and I really hope the Black Friday thing takes on, at least two teams get to host every year. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good matchups. I'm trying to think of one if it stood out. You know, it's funny. Every time we look at these schedules, like the prime games, you're going to see the Jets everywhere. Yeah, because they're the Aaron Rodgers and it's New York. Um, yeah. Uh, they were on the Sunday one. Let's see. Uh, one, two. Oh, they're on there twice. And then they're on the Thursday night twice. Mm-hmm. And then they're on Monday night. One, two. They're on. So they're on. They're on six times on the national night. So they're on there as much as the Cowboys are. Um, and, and, and the Eagles and all, but and, and yeah, part of it is Aaron Rodgers, but also again, part of it is, uh, it, it being New York. Now I will say, I am really, really shocked that you had a chance on September 11th, as we move over to the Monday night football schedule, um, you went Buffalo, New York, which is the battle of two New York teams, but I, I'm really shocked. You didn't go the giants and the jets right there. That just seemed perfect um but anyway the rest of the monday night schedule uh it, it it actually in my opinion jets and bills are pretty exciting but like week two i think what they did smart is on the weeks that you have some potential meh games you have a double header and you have one of them being an exclusive abc uh, like week two i don't think the saints and the Panthers really excite anybody, but then you also have the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, then on week three, same thing. We don't know what the Bucks are going to be. I still think they're going to be decent, but even if they are, this could be a 35 to 7 type game for the Eagles. So, hey, let's throw on two Super Bowl teams that played in a Super Bowl two years ago uh, the Rams and the Bengals. Bengals should be good. And the Rams, I still think if Stafford's healthy, at least could be competitive. So I, I think they did a real good good job doing that with the double hitters. And I like the fact that they're having double hitters. I, I love Monday night double hitters. I think they're fun. Yeah, and I feel that there's some stories to be told because in this case, it'll be Derek Carr in a Saint uniform in week two going against probably Bryce Young, quarterback yeah. in the Panthers, and their new look offense with Thielen and uh, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. And then you got the the Browns. You got Deshaun Watson 
I'm really bullish on the Browns this season. They really did a good job improving that defense. And then you got Watson going to be the starter of the whole season, a full, full camp. You know, he's going to get to know his players or his teammates a little bit better. I'm kind of excited to see what they do against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I mean, Mike Tomlin's going to always have a competitive team. He hasn't had a losing record in his entire coaching career. That's 16 seasons right now. This is season 17 he's entering. Yep. So I think there's good stories to be told. I'm curious to see what – and then week three, I'm curious to see what the Rams do. I'm I'm actually excited to see what Cooper Cup does. I'm, I wonder – I mean, I don't know if Stafford's going to be able to throw it to anybody else. I'm just wanting Cooper Cup to get 200 catches this season for 2,300 yards because Stafford can't throw it to anybody else. And yeah, they got rid of Robert Woods. They've got who do they yeah. have now? I know they traded for somebody, but I can't remember who it was. Um, I, I say those are double headers. I think those games I, on the ABC exclusive ones. I think they actually start at the same time, where you just have to flip over. Um, oh, okay, I, I thought it was like what they used to do with Week One, where they'd have a six o'clock game and then they have. Well, like if they eight. do, it's going to be weird. We'll have to. I'll check the times because you've got like in the first one, you've literally got three teams on the East Coast and or two teams on the East Coast and two in the mid. So I don't see how you would start those at unless you start one at five and one at eight, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it, that, huh? I was just going to say, like the Eagles, like you were saying earlier, I'm kind of curious to see what that new look offense does. I mean, they, there's a lot of talk about, oh, yeah, the Eagles got a bunch of Georgia Bulldogs, but, well, they're all pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what N'Kobe Dean does in a full season as a starter. I'm curious to see what uh, Jalen Carter does as he try to mix it mix it in there with the uh, with Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and then Nolan Smith at linebacker. He might not start to begin with, but he can learn a lot from Reddick. And then they got uh, Keely Ringo as secondary. It, it's it's a pretty. I'm really curious to see how the young talent gels with the veterans. No, I totally agree. All right, so just checking. I just checked one while you were talking. Um, let me pull back this up. Uh, the December 11th game, the Titans and the Fins and the Packers and the Giants, they all start at the same time. So I think that's how they're doing them all. So you're, uh, saying, we need to get, so you're saying I need to get a second TV. Is what you're second saying. TV or do like I do, throw one up on the laptop. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's fine, though. You can flip, that, that actually is great. If one's a bad game, you can just flip back over. Um, yeah. Now, that Monday night also got the Eagles versus the Chiefs, a rematch of the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, that, that'll be a doozy. I mean, yeah, especially where it's at, because if both of these teams are as good as we're thinking about, that's a game that it's not a gimme game. You don't want to just throw it away. You're probably going to be both fighting for um, playoff position. Because, again, I, I know everybody – it's fun to to make fun of the Cowboys and they, they can't get to the second – past the second round and all that. Um, but the Eagles – you know, the Eagles were 14-3, and three, and it's not like they ran away with the, the NFC East last year. Um, you know, Dallas basically gave it to them by that Jacksonville and or Green Bay loss or both. Uh, but, but you know, people forget that it, it's not like the Eagles coasted in and were resting their starters, you know, the month of December. Uh, and so that November 20th matchup, you know, every, every win and every loss for both, you know, anybody in the NFC East, if all four teams are supposed to be good this year, I, I'd still doubt that. Uh, but we'll talk about that. But uh, the Cowboys, they're on uh, twice technically on the Monday night crew, but they're one of them is really a Saturday game. Uh, yeah. They've got the Chargers. Great crossover Monday night game. Uh, That'll be a beautiful they, uniform game. Yeah, it should be a beautiful uniform game. Uh, and then uh, you've got the Lions, and, and that could be a game at Week 17. Could be tough or could be easy for either team. Again, Dallas, you know, 
I'm still getting used to the chance that Dallas might actually make the playoffs three straight years in a row because that's not something we've known since the 90s. Uh, and, and so, you know, no matter how we think they're built, until they prove it to me, I'm still worried about that. Uh, but you've also got great matchups like uh, the Packers and the Raiders, the Packers and the Giants, as we talked about. Um, you know, Jacksonville didn't make as much hay on the national schedule as I thought they were going to. Uh, they're week 15 on Sunday night. Uh, going back over to Thursday night, uh, they're against the Saints on week seven. So they really are making only one big show on each of the big networks. But now the one thing they are, I'm sorry, they're on twice in, on Monday night against Atlanta October 1st and an ESPN Plus exclusive. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, week 13 against the Bengals. Uh, but they're also uh, going to be doing something that nobody's done before. They're going to be back to back in London. I, I thought it was really weird, though, that for some reason the NFL decided that, I guess because uh, Jacksonville maybe didn't want to lose two home games, they're not the home team both games. They're the home team the first game, and then they're going to play, and they're not playing in the same stadium. They're playing in one stadium in week the first week, and then they're going to another stadium the next week uh, to play. But Jacksonville will become the first team to play back-to-back games at uh, out of country. I think that's setting up, especially because there's talks now that uh, Jacksonville is looking to redo their stadium and they're going to probably need a home. And so there's, I think this is setting up for Jacksonville to at least for a few years play three to four games in London as a need for a home stadium. Hey, they love playing there. And if you think about it, this could be the best thing for the Jaguars. This could be a team bonding moment because they're going to be there for two weeks. They're not going to fly back into Jacksonville, then fly right back out for the Bills game. Yeah, no, they're staying. Yeah, that's that they're staying. They've already said yeah. that. That's the whole point. They're staying there. If you look at their schedule, though, they only have to travel on the road technically for seven games. Yeah. So the other two are in, in London. If you look at their schedule, out of the division winners last season, they have a very nice schedule. I mean, they they still host the 49ers. They're in the FC South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like they host the 49ers after a bye. So they have two yeah. weeks to prepare for that. You know, they, they play the Houston, the Tennessee, the Colts. I'm pretty sure like the Colts and the Titans might regress even more before they get better. They host the Chiefs. You know, the, the, so a lot of their tough opponents are at home. I, I really like the way this is built, and I really think they're going to get break the double digit win mark and it it could very well be in line for a one seed if one for the chiefs but let's be honest you could also see them going six and eleven well because it's the jags but i'm just well, saying just, you go back I, I've, I've been getting kind of reading stuff as, as more and more you know teams are doing some otas or rookie camps i'm just kind of starting to get into reading about and, and you know there's a lot there's a lot of magic that went into the last five to six weeks for the Chiefs, even into the playoff game. And that's great. And that tells a great story. But that's the kind of stuff that usually doesn't carry over. Some of the Jaguars or the Chiefs? The Jaguars. Yeah, okay. like the, their, their season in, they were behind. I, I, thought every, you, I thought I heard you say Chiefs for some No, no. I'm saying that they were behind in every game for the last six weeks and came back in every game. And four of them were double digits. And, and like the Cowboy game literally went from 95% odds and it's and it, it's not like the Jags I mean you could say the Jags did something because they won but it was yeah. the other team making the mistakes or just like even Dallas just weird stuff like the fumble not being called a fumble and then and the Cowboys can't run five seconds off the clock in three plays and that kind of stuff and, and then even in the playoffs 
it was a great game, but it was more what the Chargers didn't do when they had the lead. And so I, I still just feel like this is the same thing I think about the Lions. That magic is great, but how many times do we see those teams the next year? It doesn't translate. The, 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 the you know the injuries yeah. happen that didn't happen, and the Jags were remarkably healthy last year. Like nobody big missed a lot of games, and so I just think that it's going to be fun. That's why I love those kind of seasons to see if they're able to build on that in year two. You brought up a good point with the Lions. They did have a pretty soft schedule in the second half, but to their credit, even the losses they did have which I think the only loss they had was against the Bills, which was a close Thanksgiving game. They they won. They, they, they won the games that were on their schedule, and that's the important part. Now, with Jacksonville, I think those come-from-behind wins are more of a learning-how-to-win type deal, which I think is going to carry them a long way long-term. But with the addition of Calvin Ridley coming back, I'm not sure how rusty he's going to be, but I think that's going to really make that offense more dynamic. I think that will definitely be a better team going into 2023. Uh, I'm not sure. A lot of this for them kind of just depends on their draft picks from a couple years ago. Yeah, I really want to see what Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd can do going into this season. That's going to be pretty big for them, whether Trayvon Walker, the number one pick, was – is going to be a long-term solution for them. Is, is he going to be a, the 10-year guy for the Jaguars or not? You know, we, we don't know yet. All right, so let's turn our attention to the NFC East. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, as we talked about, they start off on Sunday night against the Giants. Uh, they go New York back-to-back. They then host the Jets on week two, the Aaron Rodgers game. Um, then it's – I'm just going to run them around down real quick. Then it's the Cardinals. Uh, the Patriots, the Niners, the Chargers, a bye week, the Rams, the Eagles, the Giants, the Panthers, Washington, Seattle, Eagles, Buffalo, Miami, the Lions, and Washington. First off, for me and you, I love this schedule because there's only two scheduled noon games. And for you and I, who we (laughs) love the Cowboys, but we also love fantasy and we love the red zone, we prefer the Cowboys not to be at noon because then you can get all the glory of the seven to eight to sometimes nine games at noon. And then you can just watch the Cowboys at 3 p.m. and you can kind of just follow the rest of the three afternoon games. Though there are a couple of weeks this year, I like that they're playing with five, three, three o'clock games. I like that. I, I, I like splitting it up a little bit more. I think eventually they're going to realize why don't we just go six and six every week uh, when we have, you know, with buys and stuff and go six at noon and six at three. Uh, but what do you think looking at this schedule overall? What are your thoughts? I like everything but two things. One, this is the same thing that happened last year. I really hate early bye weeks. You I think really, seven's early? I think that's right in that wheelhouse, seven, eight, or nine. I'd rather it be 10 or 11. I'd rather it be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but for, for some teams, they could have an early season struggle and they need that bye week stat in order to regroup and they'll carry them over. But I don't know. I just don't like 11 consecutive games to close out, 11 consecutive weeks of football to close out the season. I kind of wish it was more broken out. Uh, yeah, but it, let's remember one thing. You're, you are going to get that – you're going to get that thing where you play uh, Washington – yeah. On uh Thanksgiving. Now they've kind of they've kind of screwed Dallas the last couple weeks by immediately making them play a 7 days later on that next Thursday, but then they still get that it's 3 games in 13 days but then not a game for 10 days. So you almost get a mini buy in there. In that case, it kind of works well for the Cowboys because this year it's going to be the Thursday Thursday so Washington at home, yeah. Seattle at home on 
on Amazon Prime on Thursday Night Football, and then 10 days later, they host the Eagles. Yeah, they get to three. This is the only time during the year that they get back-to-back uh, -back games. Yeah. Remember a couple of years ago, they didn't get one back-to-back -back home game. Yeah. It was all every other. Uh, but this year, you know, they don't really – they don't have a crappy road stretch. I guess technically you could say uh, going to Buffalo, then coming back home, and then going out to – going to Miami. But Miami to Dallas isn't that big of a flight. That's not some, oh, my God, you know, 12-hour flight or anything. I, I like that 12, 13, and 14. If you want to go back even, start at week eight. You, you got L.A., then the Eagles – then the Giants, then the Panthers, then Washington, Seattle, Eagles. So you're getting almost all your home games in that one stretch, but they're all winnable. And I think the close of the schedule is just could be hell, but I think the beginning of the schedule, and I think that November stretch could set Dallas up to where going into the last five weeks of the season, again, everything great. Injuries are great. Players are playing well. The offense is gelling. Where the, the last five games aren't about making the playoffs, but about where will they end up in the playoffs seed-wise. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, it, if they're all healthy, if Mike McCarthy's new offense, whatever this new offense is, does something, then, yeah, I could see a, a very good season for them. Uh, but as of right now, I still have them penciled in around eleven and six. Uh, the only, th the, another thing I don't like about the schedule. Well, one thing I do like about this, or another thing I like about the schedule, sorry, is the uh, lack of cold games. Kind of the same Might thing. Have I, I, one. Buffalo will be one. Washington will be the other. Where? Hopefully, the the last game of the season at Washington. Oh yeah, that's always a cold, blustery type day. Yeah, hopefully that will game won't matter like it didn't matter last season. So I, that, that part I do like. I like that the, the 49er Charger games are early in the season. Probably can take advantage. I, I, I could very well see Dallas winning the 49er game, but losing to the Charger game. Oh, yeah, very much. Um, that's going to be the Kellen Moore revenge game. Yes. Um, if, and if, let's say, you start out like I think they should, where they're like – I mean, they, they legitimately could be – Four and zero. I still think the Jets will be early. I think if you're gonna, you know, I, I think the Jets will by the end of the year be a really solid team. But I think you're gonna catch them early. And I just think also like kind of with the Tom Brady thing, Aaron Rodgers has just this magical hold on the Dallas Cowboys, and that ten, th that tends to eventually come back in your your favor. Uh, but I could easily see them beating San Francisco on Sunday night and it like, you know, crowning a Dallas, blah, blah, and then losing to the Chargers because it's an AFC game. The Chargers are going to be solid and the bye week's right there. And I, I was just watching to, uh, so, us getting ready for the 92, 93, all that kind of stuff that we're going to be doing on the lookbacks. And, and I, I was reading something and Irvin was talking about that the worst part about the buy was the game before because you start thinking about that in that set you know you're in the huddle in the second half and you're bruised and you're down 14 to 10 and you just you're already thinking man i'm gonna go to you know cabo tony romo uh, i'm gonna go to cabo i'm gonna go to cancun i'm gonna go to vegas you know and all that so yeah. i could definitely see them lose that i like the schedule though i i think it breaks perfectly well to where there's not a stretch that you just feel oh my god um I do think it's funny that the way they do it now where each team picks up one extra game across the conference, 
They're now going to have played the Chargers two times in two years and the Patriots three times in four years. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots-Cowboys was one of those matchups when when you think of Brady and, and Cowboys, he, he played them three times as a Buccaneer and, and only like five times or six times as a Patriot because of the old the schedule works. So well, now you pick up one game per conference and it rotates. And it's just weird that the one year it was the AFC West, it rotated onto the Patriots, and then this year it's on the East, and it rotates over to the Chargers. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's a good schedule. Uh, I'm like you. I think 11-6. and six. I don't think them and the Eagles can be as good as they were last year. I do think the, NF, the NFC, while it's still the lesser of the two, I think it's getting better in the middle uh, w- with the addition of the Lions. I still think Minnesota's a team you don't really want to play. I say that in Dallas has won like three out of – four against them, but I, I still don't think you really want to play them week to week. Uh, but let's go ahead and go look now at the Eagles. Brutal. And brutal schedule. Brutal schedule, but kind of a nondescript start for the defending NFC champs. Uh, let's just, I don't know, let's give them against the Patriots. Uh, that's just a, you know, you got to play somebody, but you would have thought that would have been one of those where you give them the Jets or you give them, we can't play the Giants, maybe even Washington uh, or, or Buffalo, but the the page oh and let's one thing let's it's different this year the cbs doesn't have the afc nfc isn't to fox anymore i mean it is but it's not all games are up for so you're gonna see nfc versus more nfc versus nfc on the c on cbs and more afc versus afc on fox i just wanted to throw that out there and apparently that's the future like you're not going to think CBS will still get the AFC, you know, championship and Fox will get the uh, NBC or the uh, NFC championship. But in between that, you're going to see everybody on all networks. I like that. I, I think that's brilliant because sometimes you have two really good AFC games. And why does one get to three o'clock in the other noon? Now you can flip it over to Fox and you get both of them at three o'clock. I don't know. I, I think um, I, I think I still like the separation. I think I still like CBS having ABC or the AFC and Fox having the NFC. I don't know. They, Cause Fox has a certain feel. And yeah, no, feel, you're right about that. It has a feel of NFC and CBS has a feel of AFC. Uh, just the graphics. I don't know. I just associate that with AFC, but that's just could be just because of learning and, you know, years of seeing it. So now it becomes commonplace and now it becomes acceptable to me. And that's all I want. But in the end, it's not a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. And half the time, you and I have the TV muted because we're yelling and screaming our own stuff at it. Um, when when you look at the Eagles, they need. Well, to I was make- gonna say, I was gonna say, like this this week one against the Patriots, they're gonna honor uh, Tom Brady. In yeah, England. that's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, and it's also kind of crappy for the Eagles. Again, they're the defending NFC title game, and their gift is to go on the road and watch the Patriots welcome back their prodigal son. And, <laughs> hell, I'm halfway 50-50s think that he walks out at pregame, rips open the thing, and he's wearing a Patriots jersey, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's the starting quarterback. Um, but, but the Eagles, man, they need to make hay week one through eight because week nine on, I mean, that's a hell of a gauntlet. You've got the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Giants. Um, I I could easily see the Eagles being the toast of the NFC 
8-0, even 9-0, beating Dallas the first game. And then coming out of the bye, they they in it looks like they they're, you know, they're, the wheels are falling apart because they lose four of the next six games. And it, yeah. but I don't think it's because of the Eagles. I think that's just a hell of a heavy back-ended schedule for them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first half of the season, they're playing Minnesota, the the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys. Those are probably the toughest games. And they can probably win half of those. So yeah, I could definitely see going into the week 10 by being seven and two at worst. And the crazy thing is for them being an East Coast team, they only have one, two, three games game. that are in the noon yeah. hour. That's crazy right there. That shows you the respect they have. Um and and, and so that means even when they're not on the nationals like Thursday or Monday night football, they're still going to be the game of the week. Now it does help that some of those are like the Cowboys and, and the Cardinals and stuff. But I just think that that's pretty impressive. And I always love when the giants and the Eagles or Washington and the Eagles or Washington giants, I always love it when they have one of the three o'clock games, because it, especially later in the year, because it starts to get dark, like it at halftime and it just looks, it, it almost becomes a night game in itself. But all right, so that's the Eagles schedule. Uh, let's go ahead and turn our attention over to Washington's schedule. Uh, Washington, the team to me that is going to not be great. They're going to be in every game, but they're relying on Sam F and Hal to be their quarterback. So I just expect a lot of 13 to nine losses. And I don't know <laughs> if Ron Riviera makes it out this, out of the year um, because I, I could easily see them, uh, you know, winning, being two and two just by proxy of playing the Cardinals and the bears. Uh, and then it going going crap apparently this is only the home games i got that i got the schedule wrong there so that's the home games only uh so let me pull up the washington's game uh, arizona denver buffalo and philadelphia that's the first four games uh so yeah i can still see them going two and two in fact they could start two and oh and then end up two and two uh but i i just will again we'll talk more about in the when we get closer to the season the teams themselves but i think washington has the biggest fall coming of, of teams that finished uh strong last year this is their best opportunity to not start off bad. The Ron Rivera era has been notorious for slow starts. And if you look at the schedule, they yeah, host point. they host the Cardinals. We don't know what the Broncos are going to be like. Uh, they play the Bears. We don't know how much improvement the Bears have made in the offseason. I think they made a lot, but I'm not sure if it's good enough to beat Washington. Atlanta's made a lot of improvements. Bijan being one of them. I'd like to see what they do with Cordell or Patterson, if they even keep him. Uh, so I'm not, So there's there's a lot of games in the beginning of the season where they can win and just hover around 500 yeah. just the whole season and get to a point where they can get to about nine or ten wins. Uh, they are definitely a quarterback away. That's well, And the thing that's, is, that's is that offense, even against those teams, they should win – if that offense is bad, they're going to allow those teams to hang around even because I think why I think Chase Young has a resurgent year. Um, I was reading up some of again, I'm not the biggest on PFF, yeah. um, but I do value it when comparing to other players and also comparing what he did last year. So his rookie year, his pass win rate, pass rush win rate was the same as his year two before he got hurt. That's why I always say sacks aren't always tells the whole story. And, and so I think I think he's going to have a resurgent year. I think that defense is still going to be good. But if your offense can't score more than 13 points a game, you're going to lose games that you should win. Yeah. And, but the, what they did in the offseason kind of helped. They got a manual Forbes. The, the main issue with the red, red, 
Ah, your first time. Yeah, my first time. With the Commanders, is they couldn't turn the ball over. They had a top five defense yards-wise, but they just couldn't get teams off the field. They just couldn't create field position for their offense. Having someone like Emmanuel Forbes in their lineup is going to help out a lot with that. And the addition of Nick Gates at center. This is a much improved team all across the board. Having Chase Young back healthy, it looks like they should get to 10 wins. It really does. I, I really don't know how good Sam Howell can be. See, I, I see them at four wins and Rivera's fired in week eight. Wow. I think they're going to be at two or three wins and Rivera's fired. And then whoever comes in is going to put Jacoby Brissett in and he's going to do what he does and handle the offense. And they're going to all have a three or four game winning streak in the middle, but they're going to, I just, I think going with Sam Howell is a massive mistake. Like, just utterly stupid because people go, yeah, he beat the Cowboys. Go look at the game. No, he didn't. He made a couple <laughs> big plays and moments. And again, you still had Dallas halfway in and halfway out of actually really caring about that game. But even if they yeah. did care, that's fine. But he threw for a hundred and something yards. His, his quarterback rating was like 70. His QPR, QBR rating was like 22. Sam Howe didn't win that game. And, and so for them, I, I, I just – I just have a feeling this is going to turn into Jacoby Brissett, Brissett being the starting quarterback week one. That's the only thing that can salvage their season. But then he's okay. Brissett's okay, but he's not going to win you games. He won't lose you games, but he ain't going to really go out and win you games. I mean, you're kind of hoping that he just keeps you in the game, and you're kind of hoping that defense carries this team. Even though I do – I really think they need to use Antonio Gibson more. I, I, they got – I don't know what the issue with Rivera had with him, but I mean Gibson's a pretty solid running back. He can get you 800 yards rushing, 400 yards receiving. I know they love Brian Robinson Jr. He had a great story last year, but I mean they they gave they gave Gibson the ball last year 150 times. He had 50 receptions. He had almost 900 yards. I mean I, I think maybe that's just what he is. He's not a 35 or a 30 carry 10 catch guy i think maybe you have him kind of in that pollard role where he some weeks he shines and then some weeks he you know he might not get the ball a ton i but again i just go back to i don't care it doesn't matter if if sam howe is their quarterback in week one let's yeah. go ahead and, and maybe that's it maybe there's some kind of you know maybe rivera's kind of hoping hey with the whole you know new regime coming in and new all that he can kind of just hope sam howe either hits it out of the park or they're getting the number one draft pick next year because um, that would be scary if they're getting one of the quarterbacks coming out next year. Then all of a sudden, Washington with the talent they have, and, and maybe that's the way they're going. But all right, let's pull back up the Giants one. Uh, we talked a little bit about that uh, when we talked to other because we were talking about their uh, Monday night and their Sunday night schedule. But they, you know, of, of the three teams that – because I still don't think Washington's a, a viable contender for the East this year. Of the three teams, they seem to have the most spread out to where – they have a couple tough stretches, but there's not a five or six game gauntlet for them, in my opinion. Yeah, last year they benefited from a pretty easy schedule to start the season. I kind of got them the momentum. But I'm telling you, dude, even saying all that, playing seven road games in your first 11 games, that's still going to be tough. Oh, yeah, and, no, 100%. And they're, one of the, some of the road games are pretty tough, especially tough because they're going to play at San Francisco and at Buffalo and at Dallas. Yeah. So, I mean, I just chalked that up to three losses right there. I, and then the rest of it, they, they host the 
they uh they host the the Seahawks. That's gonna be tough. They go at Miami. You, you kind of hope if you were the Giants, you kind of would hope that you would uh, be the road team in the Jets game because whoever's the road Agreed. team in that is really getting a break. Well, they got to give Aaron Rodgers a break somehow. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I really think if they can make it out of – if they can get to week 12 hosting the Patriots and they win that game and they're 6-6 six and six, going into the bye – they're in fantastic shape because the end of the season is actually pretty nice. They we think. Well, this is this is the only part that's going to be tricky because they play Philadelphia for the first time on Christmas, which is a Monday night game. Yep. And then they play them again two weeks later in at home to close out. And that season. could also be a Monday night. That's a to be determined game. One of the few that it could be Sunday night, Monday night, depending on who needs to win what and all that fun stuff. Yeah, intern Noe now is frozen on us. Let me try something here. Closing him out. Now, intern Noe, you're still frozen on us. You know what? I think we've got everything that we wanted to get in on this one. So we'll end it right there. I do want to thank Frozen Noe here. Everybody, we got to we got to look at Frozen Noe right there. Look how frozen he is. We do want to thank him for joining us as he does all the time. Again, you can check out our 1977 uh, look back at the Dallas Cowboys. We're also doing one from 1978 to 85. Uh, that'll come up next week. And then in two weeks, our league three, our league season three retrospective will be out as well. I do, again, want to thank our sponsors, uh, Frisco Bar and Grill, amazing tiles barns. Seriously, go check them out. Everything we said about them is just absolutely amazing. And also L4FR clothing. They're, they've been providing our drinks and stuff for our shows, our big shows, and we do appreciate that. Find us on Facebook, Outdrank the Coverage. Find us on Twitter at Outdrank You. Email us ODTCNFL at Gmail. And until next time, he's intern Noah. I'm Terry Bennett, and this has been Outdrank the Coverage, the 2023 NFL Schedules. L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. So like and subscribe and check us out.